This is Hard Beautiful Journey, a safe space to be open and honest, to speak truth and harness the power of vulnerability and sharing. Unravel the strength of connecting through conversation from mental health, trauma and addictions, to grief and spirituality. This is the podcast to use your voice, because when you use your voice, you ignite your soul. I am your host, Tiffany Vaughn. Join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, welcome to Hard Beautiful Journey. Have you ever met someone and you walk away from the conversation you've had a bit stunned and a whole lot relieved? Those are the emotions I had after having a recent reading with my next guest. Jenny Ogilvie is here today, and we discuss something that I need to work on daily, and that is changing my dialogue so my story changes. Jenny is known as Canada's unconventional medium, and I know this going into every reading that I have with her, but for some reason, this time I thought maybe she'd bring through my brother and just give me comfort. I actually said those words to her. And she proceeded to give me her no BS method of helping me really dig deep into what it is I was needing at that moment in my life, not wanting, but what I was needing. So yeah, at first I was stunned, but then I was so relieved that I got the clarity that I was looking for. As a warning, Jenny and I both use a few swear words in this episode, and you'll also hear my dogs at a couple points. That's reality around here, barking dogs. Without further ado, here is my interview with Jenny. Hello, Jenny. How are you doing today? I'm great, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. I am super, super excited for this one. And the reason why is because I have had, I was trying to think of how many readings I've had with you over the years, and I think it is four. I met you, no, five, maybe actually, I actually met you for the first time about 10 years, maybe even 12 years ago, 12 years ago in Langdon. It was the start. Actually, you were the start of my medium spiritual journey. And I can't wait for people to get to know you if they haven't met you already, which I know a lot of people have. Um, So let's get started with introducing you to my audience. Who are you, Jenny? So my name is Jenny Ogilvie, and I, I guess my title is the unconventional medium. People often call me the comedian medium as well, because I believe that you can learn so much when you find a great perspective through difficult and hard times. And uh, I like to uh, approach what it is that I do with, you know, uh, with an ease and a sense of uh, availability for hard conversations and topics. And so, yeah, I'm a, so I connect with people of cross. I also connect to people's energy here and I kind of see where there's little, um, little dips where, so say they're struggling and I, I, I guess you could say it's like I'm an energy reader or intuitive counselor, whatever it is, but it's fascinating because uh, every session is different. And I didn't know that that would be possible, but it is. Because <laughs> everybody is different. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I wanted to give 
just a couple of examples of how you like quite literally knocked me off my feet. Um, so the first <laughs> reading, like I said, was um, a group reading in Langdon. And that wasn't the first time I actually went to that reading with the complete thought that you were going to pick me. And when I left, I was like, well, that sucks. So I'm just going to <laughs> hire her to do a private reading because then for sure she'll pick me. And <laughs> <laughs> so I had you come over to my house in Langdon and it was not long after one of my dogs died. I promise I won't cry, <laughs> but I love this dog. And not long before she passed away, she was laying on heat registers a lot and she couldn't that. And I actually took pictures of her laying on heat registers because that's all she did. And the day that I took her to the vet, the day that we took her to the vet to put her down, I actually laid down on the floor. She was on a heat register. I laid down on the floor and I cuddled with her. And I basically was telling her it's okay that you go. Like, I know it's your time to go. And of course was crying and bawling my head off. And, and yeah, we took her to the vet and they put her down two weeks later, you come to my house and do a reading and you said, so what's with the heat registers? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you mean the heat registers? And you're like, well, and then you connected with my dog. And then you said that you saw me laying on the floor with my dog. And I said, um, nobody knows that I did that. Like nobody, not even my husband. <laughs> and, and I, then I cried and you, I said, so what does that mean when you're saying this to me? And you said it was because that was one of her favorite memories. And so that was the first real experience of being like sitting with a medium and nobody knew that I did that. So that's when I was like, well, Hmm. I was a skeptic, <laughs> but now I don't know if I can be. <laughs> yeah. And so it just kind of went from there. Right. And since that reading, I have had, I don't even know, countless readings, but the, I've met with you um, a couple other times online. And then I actually saw you in Turner Valley, took my mom and my mother-in-law and my sister there. And they were just like blown away. Right. So I love you and your energy oh. and the way that you actually deliver these messages, because the last one that I had with you, it's called a Jenny bitch slap. That's what I call it. <laughs> right. And I actually slap my own, my own face <laughs> because you don't pull any punches. And I love that. And it's like, you just, you just say it like it is. And that to me is refreshing and it's, you don't sugarcoat things. And so anyway, what we're going to talk about today, we have a few things we're going to talk about. You're having a, a workshop in April that I want to talk about. And it's basically the idea is change your dialogue. So your story changes mm -hmm. and shut up and listen. <laughs> Those were a couple of things that came through in my recent reading. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit what the workshop is about and what change your dialogue so your story changes means to my audience. Okay. So, you know, I think with anybody that does, um, uh, th that walks in whatever laneway they, they have, 
you start to learn different things over a period of time. And literally this workshop is a conglomeration of everything that I've learned or been able to help other people with. So, you know, ultimately people want to come to me because they want to start connecting with their loved ones on a better level. Oftentimes you'll hear people talking about dimes or the butterflies or the dragonflies, which is wonderful. And we can sense and feel and know that our loved ones are there, but I want you to be able to connect on a different level so that we're just not only looking for that. And I often say to people that what I do isn't uh, magic. It's, it's just, just like you, you're really good at something. I'm really good at understanding, but it took a while to get there. So I help people understand what it's like to work with energy, to receive it, to give it, and then to explore it and teaching them you know, some different techniques on how to connect with their loved ones because energy is fluid, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in the same room to connect with somebody, and it doesn't matter whether they're here or gone. I think that's just our human expectation of another physical body. So we do a lot of that. It's also grown into understanding your dialogue. So if you don't change your dialogue, you don't change your story, which means that oftentimes people have patterns in their life. Fair enough. So if you want to create a pattern or you can connect the dots. Mm -hmm. So I help you understand that through possibly soul mapping, through understanding your boundaries, understanding the dialogue around that. Because ultimately our responsibility is just to lead a great life before we die, not sitting on our deathbed wondering why we didn't do it. Mm -hmm. It's really ideally what it's all about. But in all fairness too, it all depends on who's coming to the workshop. I may have some things planned that it's going to completely change. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah, you're being guided as well, right? Yeah. Okay. So can you give me an example from maybe one of your readings that you've had of helping somebody recognize that they haven't been changing their dialogue and so their story stays the same? Well, I was actually just on a, a session earlier today with a lady And oftentimes, and this was her first reading ever, 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 ever. And she researched me and I guess I was recommended. And I, and honestly, death is what got her in the door. And then we had a conversation around death and some messages from her loved one. And ultimately I saw some dips, like I said, in this energy. And, and what was interesting is, you know, she used these wonderful words called evolving and navigating and, um, you know, and I really saw her kind of moving forward in her life. And, but I think one of the things that I find that maybe more than one person does is they say, you know, I just want to be loved. Okay. Well, what is love to you? And, and our whole sole responsibility in our life is to teach people how to treat us And it's our sole responsibility to make sure that we know what we love about ourselves so that you can contribute to happiness to someone else. I'm finding that, you know, there's that piece right there that tends to kind of fall off on the dialogue to self where it's like, well, I just want to be loved. Okay. Well, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I just want to be loved. There's a lot of blanket words. And so I help them dive in to start to understand kind of what is it that's important to them? Like their, 
you know, we often call them healthy boundaries, but really it's just this non-negotiable place that this is who you are, this is what you stand for. And, you know, I bring in this idea that when something, a situation or a person comes into your periphery and you're not really sure how to proceed, I always ask myself two questions. Does this serve me and does this bring me joy? And if one or both of them is a no, then, then I know that I'm navigating my decision around the things that are best for me, not about other people. Mm-hmm. And haven't you noticed, Tiffany, like we, a lot of people are, you know, I don't like to say this kind of cliche, but it's people pleasers. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we put everybody ahead of ourselves? And then you wonder when you're in your, you, you know, the mid stages of your life, why you're so lonely or, or you, you don't know, uh, you know, what touching your greatness is or, or walking towards your purpose or have a passion. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an epidemic, to be honest. We've. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and in my reading, you actually drew a circle with me in it. <laughs> and that's where you say, okay, if this doesn't bring me joy, or if this does not serve me in any way, then you really shouldn't be letting them even in your circle, like at all to begin with. Right. right. It should be stopping at the, at the perimeter of the circle and not inside. You know, again, I'm going to just bring it down to a simple example. If you have a telemarketer or sorry, a telemarketer at your door, if you have somebody canvassing your neighborhood and they're knocking on all the doors um, and you open the door and you said, hello, you get to choose whether you want to have that conversation with them or not. And it's much like that. You Nobody can get in and create chaos in your life unless you let them in. So mm-hmm. therefore, is it a them thing or is it a you thing, right? You've just let that person into your house. And, but what was the point in it? Exactly. Like, I'm finding that a lot of people will just pe- let people in and then they see the red flags and they're like, oh no, you know, no, no. I think it's going to be okay because they're more worried about what that other person thinks of them than what they think of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is why people say, you know, why did I do that? Why did I ever get into that? Like I knew from the beginning, it wasn't going to work. And I'm like, yeah, why? Because this wasn't about a him thing or a she thing. That's a you thing. Another great analogy you use, even with that circle is you don't like it when dogs shit on your lawn, right? So yeah. why, <laughs> why are you letting them shit in your circle? Right. Like don't let them do that. And you're letting them do it. So you got to be putting up that sign saying, don't shit on my lawn or don't even like come near my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Just put up a fence or that uh, you you can see some of these people put up these little fences along the sidewalks because they're just so tired of the yellow marks. So great. If you want yellow marks in your circle, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So in my reading life up to dog shit now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we talked about dog shit. We talked about shit stew. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit more in there. (laughs) Yeah. There was a little bit more swearing that went on there. Which I'm totally cool with. Okay. At one point in my reading, you also said, shut up and listen. What does that mean? Besides the obvious. Listen, shut up. (laughs) You know, this comes back to gut instinct, right? 
when you have this overwhelming feeling that's coming into your awareness, knowing full well that as you continue and you've been here before because you've learned how to ignore it, that's, that's the point. It's, it's about choice and free will. But if you actually shut up and listen to that, that voice or that knowing, it isn't about you in this relationship. It's about who you are in, to yourself. And that then means that this relationship can be looked at a different perspective and you can see why it's not working for you. I don't know if I'm explaining it all that well, but I think it's really important. I just think it's really important just to shut up and listen to to literally what life is telling you, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's kind of like if you're sitting by a river and you see a ripple in the water, and if you're not paying attention, that ripple will happen, whether you're looking at it or not. Mm -hmm. But if you're being present in the moment, looking in that direction, you'll see that ripple Mm -hmm. much like you'll hear that, that understanding of self saying, Hey, listen, like this doesn't feel good to me. And in that moment, you can choose to say, hey, I hear and I matter or going, oh, I'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 25 years you, later, you wake up and you're wondering why you're not happy in this marriage mm-hmm. or this friendship. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so at one point also in my reading, I'm, and I'm referring back to my reading because it was fascinating. I've, I've always, not always in the last year, I've done a lot or yeah, a lot of inner child work. And you brought it up to the little Tiffany in the room. And can you explain to people why you, you refer back to the little person in your readings? You know, that came from a lot of experimenting myself about understanding how to heal. And, you know, I paint this picture of at some point in your life, when you were younger, and there was a trauma or a situation that you didn't handle well, you know, we put the little girl in the, in the room and you say to your little girl, I want you to stay right here. I'm going to lock you in here and I'm going to come out here and I'm going to make, I'm going to try to fix everything and make things better so that it's safe for you to come out. The unfortunate part about that is uh, generally we get ourselves into this, this mess of trying to often clean things up. And Now, all of a sudden, 10 years goes by and you're wondering why you have become a human doing versus a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And why there's not joy in your life. Well, imagine the little girl. The little girl is the one that holds all your dreams, your aspirations, your desires, your purpose, your love, your faith, all the things that are literally we live by. We don't live by um, these tangible things. We live by the just... The, the experience of actually being present and having experiences that kind of catapult us into just an, I don't know, a, I don't know how to say it better, better than that. Like people just focus on if I work 80 hours a week and I make this much money, this is going to give me the joy and happiness. What happens is later on in their life, they end up in my room because they've lost contact with their little child inside. And And for, you know, I work with people to try to understand, number one, why did you lock her in there? Number two, she's been pounding on the door, waiting for you to open the door and let her out. And that you can be kind to yourself by allowing her to be a part of your decisions, your choices. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter how old we get, we still have that little girl. 
And if there's one thing that children teach us is how simple life can be, it's the, it's other people who make it difficult. I mean, your six-year-old doesn't wake up wondering, you know, how much the electric bill is, mm -hmm. you know, and how much groceries are or anything like that. They, they look at it and say, wow, it's a nice day. I'm going to go out and ride my bike and I'm going to climb a tree and I'm going to go on a playground and I'm going to run in the, I'm going to make snow angels. And all of these things bring such joy mm -hmm. because really the, that's all they're creating in every experience. Somehow along the lines, we've we've replaced joy with stress and pressure. What mm -hmm. was the purpose? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm long-winded on this and I've been, you know, I can digress down little laneways here. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I just think it's important to have that visual of letting her out and letting her start to heal the wounds that you have allowed yourself to have because of some choices of people that don't serve you and that don't bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And in um, a few of my meditations, like I've actually visualized myself sitting down beside her one time, like even on the sidewalk um, outside of the school at kindergarten, um, because that's when I remember feeling not abandoned, but just like that's the first time you, you are away from your mom and dad. Right. Yeah. And so I was like scared and lonely and, and like that came up in one of my meditations. And so I sat down beside her on the sidewalk outside of the school and, you know, told her it was going to be okay. And then, and just connected with her. And then in my reading with you, you had me visualize me sitting across the table from her and asking her what, you know, what she saw and one of my big ones was, um, the word that she said was create and connection. Like those are things that are important to little Tiffany. Right. And just to remember those. And so since the reading, like I'm, I've been like thinking of those two words and what they mean to little Tiffany and to me and putting that together. Right. And in the last two weeks, I've got to tell you, I've, I have been on a create like holy smokes. <laughs> it's been unbelievable what that recognition has kind of unlocked for me. So it's, it's very powerful to go back and, and just really connect with your little person. I cannot recommend it enough. It was really powerful. I always say to people, you know, what's important is not to go back and revisit a situation, but we want to go back and look who you were through it. Look at who you were through it. You know, and because oftentimes we want to say if you're sitting with a friend, they're like, oh, my God, so this happened. And let me tell you the whole story. And it's like a half an hour story. And they didn't even breathe once through it all. <laughs> and I'm like, a lot of people will tend to want to do that with me. And I just put my hand up and said, no, I actually don't need to know the situation. I just need to know how you felt through it. Mm -hmm. And starting mm -hmm. to identify because people use these things called blanket words like guilt um, I think a blanket word is love. I think a blanket word is, I don't know, worthy. Uh, when we do soul mapping, we really kind of put worthy in a bubble and then we branch that out and we say, okay, in order for you to feel worthy, what do you need in your life? And that might mean compassion or that might mean um, the feeling of safety. And what we often do is when we're making these uh, little lines outside of like a word, we tend to think of situations rather than 
really what we're looking for as an ingredients to a recipe. Mm-hmm. And so this one lady that I was working with today, she was saying, you know, um, you know, I just really need somebody to be emotionally available, thoughtful, sensitive, and, and playfulness. And then I looked at her, I said, so are you emotionally available for yourself? No. Are you emotionally, are you thoughtful to yourself? No. Are you sensitive to yourself? No. And are you playful with yourself? No. So what you want is what something is something that you don't have. So what are you contributing to this situation, this experience, this friendship? Mm-hmm. And that's where her, her, her journey is beginning is understanding what does emotionally available mean? And then I have those hard conversations with people. Okay. So out of hundred percent, how much you invested in your relationship or in your friendship? Well, 50%. I said, did you ever think it was that low? They're like, no. And of that 50%, how kind are you to yourself in that friendship? I'm not. Mm-hmm. So this is not serving you. Great get out of it. So it's like, there's people want me to jump on their bandwagons with the butts, try, maybe coulda, woulda, shoulda. And I'm like, yeah, but there is none of that. You're telling me that this doesn't serve you. And I'm just telling you, you have a choice to walk away from it, but I'm going to feel insecure or I'm going to feel like I hurt somebody. Um, is that a you thing or a them thing? And then we have to look at why you put other people first. And so it's kind of like this roadmap, this switchback path up a mountain where you're going down one and then you, and then you, you start to understand it and then it throws you a, a curve. And I, 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 find, I find this whole part about working with energy so fascinating that we just skim over the most important things of what does that actually mean? Like Tiffany, can you imagine being my best friend and saying, and you said, oh, I feel so guilty about that. I'm like, really? What are you actually trying to say? Did you set out to commit a crime or an offense when you said no to that person because you wouldn't pick them up from a bar at two o'clock? No. Okay, so what are you actually feeling? And then let's get to the actual feeling that you're actually having so we can start to identify the ingredients. Yeah. I find it so fascinating. It is so you know, fascinating. how caring it would be for you to be my friend. It. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm actually just going to plead the fifth here. <laughs> it would be so, oh, I don't even know. It would be so fascinating to be your best friend because I would always wonder <laughs> what you're really wanting to say to me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't hold back. And I think that's, um, you know, I don't change in my personal life to when I'm on stage at a show to when I'm in a group session, private. That's what I love about you because I've seen you in all of those settings and you never change who you are. And that is so refreshing. And so I don't even know what, I don't want to use blank words, but it is inspiring. (laughs) Okay. Inspiring to you, Tiffany. <laughs> in, in, okay, okay, we're gonna go there. <laughs> what is inspiring to me? Inspiring is just I know that that's what I want to do in my business is always be the same person in any setting, and you exemplify that. So that's what I that's what I mean. You can tell. I mean, I didn't know the amount of people out there that have a closet for masks. 
masks at work. Well, I can't be myself at work. I'm like, well, then why are you even working there? Like, oh, good question. <laughs> or I recently met a lady um, in a session and I think she probably had 20 masks. And I was wow. like, exhausting. Like you're different with your family, your current, your, your close family, you know, parents of your kids. Like why? Mm-hmm. I think I have two, three. What do you think now that you've read me a few times? I think you, uh, I, well, I can't really remember our readings, but your energy shows me at least three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that for sure. I, I agree with that for sure. Tell me about your three. How do you change and what situations do you change in? Oh, goodness. So the, my work setting is... Well, cause I'm in a work setting and I'm trying to be a little bit more professional, but I'd have, there's that, butt word, however, <laughs> um, I, in the last year, last year, for sure, <clears throat> I've been like making it a, my goal to just be me and not care what people think. And, and I can actually feel the energy shift with the people that I'm working with. Yeah. Because I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And like, like I've been known to be a swearer and me too. Yeah. And I, I find it really difficult to not do that. And so if I'm feeling it, I just let it fly. <laughs> and like, like, that's just a little example, but you know what I mean? Like I'm going to just be me. And it's, um, it's been really, it's a lot easier to go to work. Let's just say that. Yeah. And, and so what I heard there was you acknowledging that that shift really has worked for you, that you don't have to keep changing, you know, to different shoes for the, you know, in your life to have that, that comfort level and that you're just going, huh, I could just see you standing there looking at her going, huh, this isn't too bad. I kind of like who I am. (laughs) All right. So if you start having that dialogue, then you start having that dialogue of going, if I love myself enough, I'm going to ask myself some hard questions. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, um, especially with my spirituality and my awakening and like all of that, right? Because you even said your spirituality isn't a part-time job. And I'm hopping on board with that more than a hundred percent because I... I just, I love it. I love what it's brought me in my life. I love that the feeling that I have now about myself. And I really don't give a rat's ass if people think it's weird. I just don't. You know, those people that want to make a fuck sandwich and go to a fuck picnic, Mm -hmm. feel free. Mm -hmm. I've been to them and they're, it just doesn't serve me anymore. No, they're boring. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But really that, that idea of a fuck sandwich, it's like, yeah, but you, you're the one who stood there and made it. And you wonder why you're surrounded by other people that are eating the same fuck sandwich. (laughs) Right. Exactly. if, If you're doing that, I wouldn't expect you to be feeling any different than what you're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, you know, all I want to do is be happy. Okay, great. Now. Okay. So when are we going to stop making these sandwiches then? <laughs> you, you want to just be happy. And I'm like, what's interesting is you want to be happy, but you've never been happy. So how do you know that happiness is what you want? 
Exactly. What if happiness is just a branch of feeling worthy or, or that you're not happy because you're insecure? Okay, well, what is the insecurities that are bigger than you that you've decided so that you can hang out with other people that have insecurities as big as you? We, we, we manifest things in our life, but we also attract the same. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if you keep thinking that your partner is a shit show, we'll start looking at your own life. Mm-hmm. And while you're still there, you probably are pretty similar, but we can recognize other people's stuff before we recognize our own. Why is that? Why do we just, cause we just want to ignore it and not admit things or what? Well, it's much the same as this relationship is, is dull for me now. And I'm like, okay, so, but you're looking at the person rather than the relationship. And you're saying I've outgrown this relationship. I'm like, so Why? And then you actually have, you'll stand tall and talk about what you're not getting from someone else rather than what you're receiving from yourself. That's allowing you to feel like it's time to move on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't do that. Or she doesn't do this or on and on or he it's the, he said, she said, and it, and it doesn't bring anybody to any great epiphany moment, but what it does is it allows you to start looking at what serves you and brings you joy and why are you still in it? Because a lot of people that like to, you know, they stay in marriages or relationships for longer than, than they've wanted to. And literally you're completely gone out of the relationship. And the only thing that hasn't changed is literally your postal code. You're living with someone that, you know, you've moved on from, but you're limiting your joy. So I don't see that that's working. Mm -hmm. And some people will waste five, 10, eight, whatever years being in a relationship that doesn't serve them or bring them joy, all because they won't have a five minute hard conversation. Mm-hmm. Eight years, five minute hard conversation. I don't know. I probably picked the five minute conversation. And the lucky thing about the five minute conversation is it generally takes a minute and a half to two to have. And when you were going through your divorce, you sat out on your back deck and you, you asked yourself one question. What was that question? I I actually said, do I want to be alone in a marriage or do I want to be alone? And, Mm -hmm. and I could have made all the excuses in the world because my life wasn't bad, but I'm just not one of those people to settle. Mm -hmm. And albeit one, you know, I wonderful ex-wife, but for me, I chose alone. And that was, I remember that moment. I was like, holy shit. And I didn't give myself excuses to pick anything different or make other options. It was just like, okay, I heard that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you find that the majority of the people that you read have like do this as well? Or, or do you find that some are easier to like get the message through. I had a session with a lady and it was, we're talking like once every eight years, she was still in the same situation that she was in eight years prior. And through this entire reading, she had a relative that was not in a good place and that was abusing, you know, their life. And at the 11th hour on the 59th minute, I looked at this person, I said, that relative of yours and you are no different because you're both abusing your life. That was the light bulb moment that changed everything. And I said, she goes, no, I'm not. I'm like, really sit back and think about it. 
And she's like, holy shit, I am. Mm -hmm. Much like when you say to somebody, you know, you spend all your life not wanting to be like, say your mother, but then all of a sudden you end up in a lineup behind her because you're exactly right there. Yeah. And, you know, it's about really identifying that one moment where you're willing to say I matter enough and start changing your dialogue because her dialogue had never changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She, she manifested her life so that she didn't have to do any hard work around her, but she was excelling in different parts of her life, but had to change when she came home. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so that must get really exhausting. So I just really listen to what they're, the, the dialogue that they're saying to themselves first. And then, then I clarify and I'm going, do you mind if I give you a different perspective on that? And then I let my tongue roll. It, I let it out. And I said, this is probably going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my clients years ago said, uh, you just ripped me a new asshole. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, fair enough. When people leave, they're kind of just like, what just happened? Yep. Um, But I'm glad I said, my job is not to make you feel fuzzy and cozy. Mm -hmm. My job is to that you stepped out of a norm by coming here. And you're going to get what you need, not necessarily what you want. And however that looks, I'm going to have to just listen, shut up and listen to what it is that I'm being told uh, to communicate. Mm -hmm. So I find that like from the time I first met you to now, you were doing a lot more readings with messages from loved ones and all of that kind of stuff. But I find that you're kind of moving a bit more like soul guidance. Is that what you would describe you're doing now more? I've definitely found that, you know, people don't, there are people that don't come to me so that they can connect to their loved ones. They come to me because they know, like, I literally had a lady come in here two weeks ago. She's like, Yep. Uh, definitely need a Jenny session. I I'm coming and I need it. And they (laughs) actually count on me to say, Hey, like accountability almost. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, today, um, you know, this person's husband came through and it was wonderful. And he told me certain things about, um, she had a list of things she wanted to talk to me about, but her husband came through and and brought all of those things up before she was even able to communicate, but it's, it's going to be a lot less. So um, I have your dad's um, old watch from his grandmother. Um, He's showing me that you have that. Yes. Um, He's also showing me, you know, a box of this, this, you know, I can see all of those things. And ultimately you know, I think because I've gotten so used to the idea that energy is fluid and it, and it is available and it is here that people will leave going, holy shit, she really knows what she's doing, but what did you get out of it? You got a, wow, Jenny's really great at what she does. Okay. And now what are you going to do with those messages? Like, how is that, how is that elevating you in your life? Mm -hmm. And that's what I like, liked about that session is I knew that you were getting those messages from my people, my peeps, I call them, Mm -hmm. but it was more of what are you going to do with these messages that, you know, that mean more to the rest of your journey than what they provided you while they were here. Yeah. Because that's That's the purpose, right? Very fair statement. 
and there are some people that come in here and I, I just, you know, I don't think I'm the right one for you. You know, I'll never just sit with somebody because they made an appointment. I get a choice as well on how I want to spend my time. And will this reading, do I feel that this person is ready for someone like me to be able to help them and guide them through the messages? No. So then I just part ways with them, give them their money back. And mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the people will find you, the people you know, people talk. So I'm referred a lot. And I love the fact that people are talking more and more about this type of thing that we're touching base on, because really there is an elevation of life that we are all, we all should want to look at and kind of have a sneak peek of what's coming up, not fortune telling your life, but who you want to be through it. Mm-hmm. I can't really, uh, let me put it to you this way. Uh, years ago, people asked, uh, this one lady asked me, well, what spirituality do you? Because we use that word, oh, I'm spiritual. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> but what is it? Like, take a, take a second and think about what that is. And, and it literally rolled off my tongue. I said, it's the actual spirit of me. It's, it's the spirit of my actual self. That flame, that bright light. And if I want to dim it, I can. If I want to blow it up, I can. And just acknowledging that that is the center of my greatness. And when I feel, you know, oftentimes when you feel upset about something or you get shut down, you feel like you're outside of your body. Like that is how much power we have to disassociate ourselves that we can feel outside of our body. If we turn that around, can you imagine how much power we have with touching our greatness or getting closer to it? Like that's, that's profound. Very profound. And it, it actually excites me like to no end that that is the journey that I'm on now is to just really know me, me, like my soul, right? It's, I wake up every day and I'm excited that I'm now on this path and I can't even imagine what it was like before. Is that how it was for you too? Absolutely. You know, I think even through this work that I've done, it's helped me heal in so many ways in my life that I get these moments of holy shit and I start making drawings and I start do this and I'm like, okay, I want to do this workshop. I want to like, I had no, I had no experience in standing up in front of 200 people and engaging them for two hours. Like who would be crazy enough to do that? And you have nothing absolutely nothing, Tiffany, that you can bring up with a, with a a slideshow or points of reference that you're literally, literally relying on the spirit of self to be able to connect to the messages that, you know, these people need to hear and not to question it. Like that's the big part right there. Not to question it. Yeah. Because I am in analytical question everything. And now no, you're not, that's not who you are. You have, you created that on some level to cope with something that you weren't ready or willing to look at. Mic drop. <laughs> yes. Right? yes. You weren't born analytical. You were born that child who liked to jump in mud puddles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just gave me another Jenny bitch slap. Just right there. And now a moment, you know, people say, well, you know, everything has to make sense to me. Well, how do I do it? And I'm like, well, you're not listening. 
you know, you got your head and you got your mind. Your head is where one plus one equals two. It's where when you're tired, you sleep, when you're hungry, you eat. Uh, when you need to take a shit, you go to the bathroom, right? It's those one plus one moments. Mm-hmm. Your mind is where you live when you want to have an experience. So I'll give you an example um, to any of those out there who've ever, ever felt butterflies, you know, that one moment where you, you know, you looked and you're like, wow, I'm having this visceral reaction, which feed what we identify as butterflies to this other human energy. Mm-hmm. And it's creating something in me now, believe it or not, you would not be able to have that reaction if you were not present. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you cannot feel overwhelming amount of joy if you're not present in the emotion that you're feeling Mm -hmm. so I, I I find it really fascinating that um you know we get stuck in our heads so easily and we discount these beautiful moments. That's what movies are made out of. Yeah. You go and watch a dog film and you're crying like a baby at the end of it. You could not have cried unless you were present and in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like fascinating that they can create that. Yeah. So the the readings that I've had with you, like I said, I had one. 10 years ago at my house and you brought through my relatives beautifully. And I still remember those pieces, but the part that I actually reflect on a little bit more is again, am I happy? Like me, am I happy? And the, the, um, what you brought up is I had brand new twins. Like they were like nine months old and I went up and down the stairs with them a lot, holding both of them in my arms. And there was a Cheerio on one of the stairs when we were like going down the stairs. And every time I came up the stairs, holding these babies, I would see that Cheerio and it would drive me crazy, like drive me nuts that that Cheerio was because I'm OCD. And you brought up in the reading, you said, okay, so you know that Cheerio on the stairs, (laughs) How is that? How is that working for you? (laughs) And I was just like, oh my God, how do you know about that Cheerio? Like what the actual hell? Like, I don't understand how you knew the Cheerio was it. Well, now I do. I get it. But what, what it meant to me was that I was unhappy in my life at that point. And that, like, I knew that there was more, right. And it wasn't about me carrying babies or where it was just that I was myself, my soul was not happy in general at that time. And that's what I remember most about that reading was that. So here's a question for you now. What is the moral of the story about the Cheerio? Well, there's a few. Be cleaner. (laughs) Pick up the Cheerio when you see it first. Even if you have to drop a baby, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But you really think about it in the scheme of things. Does that Chiro even matter? No, but you made room for that in your mind. When you were doing something way more important, you saved space for something that didn't serve you. And it didn't matter if, and I, then, then here's where I would go with this with you. Holy crap, Jenny. I let the Cheerio into my circle. You did what (laughs) but again if you think about it you would 
put the kids in a safe place. You would literally take time to walk down those stairs to pick up that one shearer that was bothering you when you could have taken five seconds just to, to center yourself and be calm. But that shearer became more important, but it didn't serve you. No, it didn't serve me at all. It drove me so, nuts. Here's what I'd say. Tiffany, if you knew that you had a week to live, would that chiro even matter? Not at all. Then why does it matter? Why did I just have to make you die in a week for you to realize that chiro didn't matter? And holy crap. And we're clear. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, See, it's just all the way you look at it. Yeah. And like, so why am I stressing out about this Cheerio? Then you have to be real with yourself saying, well, could I like control? Okay, well, how is control serving me? Well, right now it's making me really anxious and, it, and I feel like I'm losing control. Well, what if you never had control in the first place? Because it doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. What if you put these checks and balances into your life because you've had to create a safe environment rather than stepping back and understanding what safety really is to you? Mm -hmm. We're literally taking safety and making it like tangible. Mm -hmm. You know, safety, you know, it's kind of like happiness. Happiness is not a destination. It's not. It's an experience. Is experience. Mm -hmm. Love is an experience. Faith. You know, the moment that somebody dies and you feel that instant loss in your life or you feel that instant release of someone not having to be in pain however you want to process that it's an experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the people that don't want to look at these things because you know honestly think about it death is the number one thing in your life that makes you show up in that very second that you have to look at it you can't walk around it you can't you can put it on this proverbial bookshelf later on because you don't want to deal with it but it makes you show up and isn't that a beautiful piece? That's such a beautiful piece that death does. It doesn't make us lose ourselves in someone else's death. It makes us show up for our life. Absolutely. And that is so true, especially my brother passing away three months ago. It has made me realize how life is so short and there is limited time. And it makes you really wonder if, you're doing what you should be doing in the time that you have, right? So death and does that. Grief and death. That's like a bologna sandwich right there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I actually started asking some people that came in here about a different perspective and they actually quite, they found it quite interesting. I said, do you mind if I kind of look at grief differently with you for a minute and could have been their child that died, their husband, whoever. And I said, okay, so we're grieving, but what are we actually grieving about? Mm -hmm. Whether that person died tragically or they died um, and we, we knew it was a, a terminal illness and they died. Are we grieving their death or are we celebrating the fact that we're all going to go through it and we were just a witness to someone who had their right to die? And are we grieving more for ourselves of what we're going to miss? What is it really? Stop and I, think about what, what is grief. I think it's more 
our own, like that we're going to miss them. Because mm-hmm. in my, for my brother, like I know he is in a better place. I know he is. I can feel it. But it's just, for me, it's the physical, actually like the physical aspects only, like a hug or hearing his voice. Those are the things that I grieve. We know that energy, energy survives the physical body. It just requires up to us to show up just differently in order to continue to have that. So we really haven't lost anything, just the vehicle that the, that the uh, person was in, mm-hmm. much like, you know, when you have an old car, the car goes to the junkyard, the driver doesn't. Mm-hmm. But really when we're grieving, we, yes, we, we grieve for ourselves because we've lost something and fair enough. Cause when people listen to that, you're like, duh, that's what we grieve about. The other fascinating thing I've learned about grief is it is a blanket word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody comes in and they're having a really hard time that, you know, their soul person that, that was here in the physical world as their mother died. And they're like, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. And this is how I'm feeling and I'm overwhelmed. And I said, okay, well, just for a second, let's put your mom's death over here and leave that be. Now let's look at you. Now, the way that you're dealing with your mom's death is exactly the same way that you deal with everything in your life had your mother not died. And they're like, oh yeah. And for the people that hold on to things that won't let things go and that they can remember six years ago, they were wearing a blue shirt when you told them something mean and it really hurt them. Um, the people do just stacks upon stacks of an emo- of emotional trauma on whatever level. So knowing who that person is going into death, I can't see that anything is going to be different. But now what we tend to do is we can say, my dad died, so this is why I am like this. No, your dad died because he had a right to die. The way that you're dealing with this is your choice. And so I try to get that across to people that it's okay to grieve because you've lost somebody. Uh, but it really wakes us up to our own spirituality and saying, okay, so am I just going to sit here and wait for a dart to hit me between the eyes? Or am I going to get up and really start to enjoy this? Mm -hmm. Am I going to exist? Or am I going to go out and have experiences? Everything about death teaches us how to live. I agree a hundred percent. And for me, I am, that's why I'm so, so grateful for, the journey that I've been on in the last two years. And like the, I started meditating and I, I'm just like really connecting and I wouldn't like, I, I'm, I feel him. I feel him. I talk to him, you know what I mean? And, and it's actually made me excited to see him again. Like, you know, like when it actually happens, I like, I literally have full on conversations with the guy. (laughs) It's so cool. And it, it's given me this feeling of, of joy. I know that's a blanket word too, but honest joy where I, I look forward to my meditations and just catching up. Absolutely. I, you know, I've always, I've always, I never liked the word meditation because you know, it's that thing, that thing, quote unquote, that people do, that people that don't do it, do that thing that people do. <laughs> yes. I totally get that. I get it because and it scares I, some people that it's too hard or whatever, yeah, or I, or I'm too ADD or this or that. Now, listen, 
ask yourself, have you ever been driving your vehicle and you're going from point A to point B, you get to point B, you can't remember your drive because you were daydreaming. That is a form of what we call, you know, meditation. Now, in my language, meditation is setting uh, you're, what you're doing is you're doing more of a tuning than a meditation. Yeah. So meditation is more of setting your setting your awareness for the day, um, allowing your energy to flow free and be present, all of those things. What you're doing is called attunement, attuning to oneself, attuning to spirit, to spirit world, to just the understanding that we're, it's kind of like they say we only use like 5% of our brains. You're just accessing a couple more percentage and you're just allowing that to happen because it's there. And it's like a muscle. If you don't, like I said, if, it, if it's part-time work, that means that you're doing something different in the other parts of your life that don't feed that spirituality piece where that should be showing up in all the choices. And spirituality isn't connected to religion. You know, mm-hmm. they're very different. Religion is followed, spirituality is created. So when people ask me, like, can you teach me how to do that? I said, what you need to do is first decide that the design of who you want to be is entirely up to you and what you wish for yourself. I can't make you into the version of me because there's not enough room in this world for two Jennies. (laughs) And that wouldn't be fair to the the rest of the population. (laughs) And they're like, well, how do you do it? I said, well, you just have to be available and open. And if you're willing to take this, um adventure then I can help guide you but I can't I cannot give you an easy button and it's that simple it's that simple absolutely oh my goodness what tell me more about when this uh, workshop is and where you'll be having it and where people can find you okay if there's one thing you know about me people always say well why do you go to smaller towns and I'm like number one smaller towns the people there are so awesome. Second of all, I love supporting small town local businesses. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I do a live show, generally it will be at a bar or a restaurant and that allows people to um, come in and wine and dine and they get their food and beverage and people get to check out a new establishment. So um, the on February 26th, I'm at the firehouse for a live show with Amy Bishop. But then on April 23rd, I've also partnered with Alicia again at the firehouse because they have a private banquet room uh, that works perfect and that they can also cater our event. So the firehouse is in Langdon, right? Firehouse is in Langdon. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's $199 for the entire day, and that's from 9:30 to 4, 4:30. And it's gonna be all hands-on. I'm gonna take you on some journeys. I'm gonna teach you what it feels like to receive energy. I'm going to teach you what it feels like to give energy. You get to meet your loved ones. We get to do some personal soul mapping. We get to start understanding these boundaries that help you stay on track with you being more available for self. And yeah, it's going to be a really, it's an intense day, but it's to watch these people walk in. And when they walk out, not only are they exhausted, but they feel like 300 pounds have been lifted off their off of their, you know, shoulders, because they start to realize who they really are through what they've come through. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find it on jennyogilvy.com along with all of our locations of, um, of live shows and events that are coming up. Perfect. And I will have all of those links in the show notes for everybody to check out. 
So I end every episode with what I am grateful for. Then I ask you what you're grateful for. I don't know. I have so many today. I really, really do. I'm obviously grateful that you were here with me to, <laughs> you like dropped some more Jenny bombs on me and gave me another Jenny slap. So thank but you. Ready, But you're ready. Tiffany. I'm ready. I know you're I'm ready. ready. Like you're getting it. Mm -hmm. I full, I honestly, I don't, I'm not fully getting it because you keep giving me Jenny slap. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Change your dialogue. I just, please. you did it again. Okay. I did it again. Not you did it again. I did it again. I'm getting it. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm getting yeah. it. And I'm grateful that it is the weekend. Weekends are great. What are you grateful for? You know, I'm grateful for, we've had a fantastic week um, booking some really neat events coming up um, in after April. And I'm really, I'm really grateful for, for continuing to see this open space in front of me that it's not narrowing. It's, there's no laneway. There's just, I can't see the end of any opportunities on either side or in the front of me. So allowing myself to to expand. And that's what my expansion looks like. I, there's no roadblocks in my way. So I'm and you know, you know what? I actually have that same feeling that you just said, I have that same. And I've actually been talking with my, one of my coaches, like, I feel like this year, especially, and then to the next year, like there's just this wide array of things opening up for me. And it's so exciting, extremely exciting. And I, that's, I love getting up every morning now and just, Hey, what am I going to do to make it happen? You know, if you can think it, you can do it. And if I may just really quickly give you an example of that I was sitting one day and I'm like, okay, what brings me joy that I do? I love adventure. I love just getting in the car. Like I've done 9,000 kilometer trips, eating out of my cooler and sleeping in my car and bathing in creeks. And so I, I realized that adventure and not having an agenda is very important. The second thing is I love what I do. I love how I can step into someone's life and just help them, even if it's just a little bit. Um, that's what I love. So I just said, well, how can I put all of this together with what I do? And so now uh, I've booked tickets and we are going on an adventure in Newfoundland. It's the one province we've never been. Yeah. So Bishop and I are going and we're actually going to record it the entire way. And we're going to rely on people's generosity to let us to billet us and like food and lodge in return. We'll give them a kitchen party and um, a reading. That is and, so uh, fantastic. Oh my and, God. You're going to like have this all on Facebook. Like you normally do. Right. Uh, yeah. We're actually, uh, been working with someone to possibly just do this as a documentary. Oh, so yeah. we're really excited about that. So we're already booked and then we go to uh, Nova Scotia for eight days or seven mm -hmm. days and then we head back, but, uh, it's going to truly go where the wind blows us and the people that come in our path and spirit never does me wrong. So I'm going to, we're just going to bring it all together. The things that I love, I get to do that at 48 years old. I can, I get to do that. Tiffany. Like, wow. <laughs> so I'm very grateful yeah. for just going well. When I say, well, why would I do that? I'm like, why not? Why not is the better question. Why not? So exciting. Oh my goodness. I am so 
again, grateful. I'm just, I love everything about you and I love your energy. And I just really hope people check you out and look into this um, workshop in Langdon because it will be so, so great. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Have a good day. So now do you see why I've had over five readings with this woman? Every one of them is like this conversation where you walk away really wanting to explore your soul on a deeper level. And she always makes me smile and laugh. And that is at the top of my joy list, laughing. Thank you again, Jenny, for bringing your unconventional way of connecting with energy to my podcast. I am so, so grateful. Please be sure and see Jenny in person. You will not be disappointed. If you know someone who would love this episode, please be sure and share it with them. I am grateful for every listener of my podcast. I don't take it lightly that you spend your valuable time listening to my show. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Come back next week for a solo episode where I will be talking about why I decided to take a social media break. And yep, it was hard at first. Until next time, please be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.